0: Story number one. When they say scorched earth, they know what they mean. Written by Sprucey. The training commandant led the officer cadets through the space station, clacking his beak in disgust. It was dirty and in a state of some disrepair, but there was no need to upgrade it as it only got used as a viewing platform once a year. He ruffled these feathers reflexively and mused that any value it may have had had was decimated by its location. They arrived in a room notable only for a large window out of which a husk of a planet could be seen. The cadets lined up dutifully and settled into whatever parade rest looked like for the respective species. The Commandant stood looking out the window briefly before turning around and smartly to address these cadets. This is a planet formerly known as Guitar. They say formally because it has been struck from the galactic charts to avoid anyone accidentally ending up on the planet. It is much too dangerous. Cadet Girard, how long would you suggest this planet has been barren for? Girard pondered the question. His family ran a mining business and so he had some experience assessing the conditions of planets. The time that planet had been dead for offered some hints as to what the materials might be available. So... I suggest it has been barren for at least five centuries, although I can't be more specific than that. There are some inconsistencies that make it very difficult to be sure." A fair assessment, cadet. What would you say if I told you that it has been barren for only fifty years? There was a gasp from the cadets. It didn't take a mining expert to see the state of the planet was in had only been caused fifty years ago was shocking. The commandant smiled with gratification. He started pacing in front of the window, the dead world reflecting his piercing eyes. We could teach you the folly of the Jiraar back at the Academy, but we feel the destruction has to be seen to be fully appreciated. A civilization on the cusp of joining the galactic community once called this planet their home. Unfortunately, political turmoil meant that the cultists, Zeliet gained power at the planet, and so the civilization changed. They had a technology to go galactic but didn't want to, instead believing that to leave the one true planet would be heretical. That is, until their resources started to run out. The religion's tenets did not include sustainability. The supreme leader could feel his power slipping, and so he looked beyond the solar system to another nearby. The commandant hesitated almost imperceptibly, but Cadet Sari took it bait. Sir, sorry to interject, but I thought their belief was that leaving the planet would be heretical. The Commandant smiled, happy in the knowledge that this brood of cadets were doing incredibly well. Perceptive as always, Cadet. Yes, this seemed to go against the central commandment of their religion. But by a lucky coincidence, the Supreme Leader had a vision that told him that this planet had been put there by the God and that it was theirs by right. Unlikely this planet was already inhabited by another civilization who, whilst they had the technology, had yet to join the galactic community because they were too busy fighting amongst themselves. As he turned to pace back, he noticed a tiny jolt of realization shudder through the body of one human in the cadre, the first human to ever enter the Academy. The Commandant had wondered if Cadet Jameson would recognize the description. This interplanetary war continued for a short while, but the Gutarians had underestimated this new species entirely, and ironically had been the very catalyst this society needed to unify. Well, a world spent warring against each other means that when the world wars against another world, the outcome is all but inevitable. The cult of Gutar was crumbling, and the Supreme Leader took one last-ditch attempt to winning the war. In another vision, a terrible, horrifying vision, his god told him to win this war. He needed to strike hard at the hearts of the hated enemy. They had learnt that unlike most species, this new planet was home to organisms who rarely had more than four or five offspring and cared deeply for them for their entire lives. Their god told them to kill children, to break their spirits and end the civilization. The Commandant paused, and as he always did at the point of the story, he counted many humans amongst his friends and knew how much losing children meant to them. His species had countless children every year and the death rate being incredibly high. Child death was a fact of life. He glanced at his cadets seeing their postures that they were actually interested in what he was saying, and that they had not slipped into the what like he called parade sleep. Where a cadet could get some rare rest time, the best soldiers could keep their eyes open so that when challenged by a senior officer, they would be able to give a credible answer for working up properly commandant perched on the ledge in front of the window, resting his old bones. As you can imagine, it didn't end well. By this point, the Gutarians had enough intelligence on their enemies that they knew what to target. The planetary defenses stopped a lot, but not all of it, and tens of thousands of schools, crashes, and hospitals for the young were targeted. It was estimated that half a billion children died in that one attack. But it did not break the human spirit. The Commandant glanced at Cadet Jameson and could see the muscles moving in the man's jaw. Instead, it forged them harder than any material known to sapient kind. Back on their planet, the Ketarians congratulated themselves for the job well done. Until the Cataclysm happened. Humanity, in their war-ridden way, had developed weapons so destructive that they dared not use them. Lest another human uses it on them... They called this mutually assured destruction. He saw Cadet Sari practically straining against her own discipline and nodded at her, allowing her to speak. With respect, sir, that's insane, isn't it? It makes no sense to develop something without ever intending to use it, surely. The commandant clicked his tongue in mirth. Yes, cadet, it does seem funny, but it seemed to work. What it also meant, incidentally, that they had developed ways of causing huge amounts of damage to a planet but had never used it. Until now. They did several things after the attack on their young, and they did it extremely quickly such as their rage. They retrofitted a huge craft that they had been developing for the fight against the Gutarians. They made it so that it would run on a skeleton crew and that it would take a huge amount of damage. It carried two smaller craft with it, These smaller craft were not given their own engines of any kind, so they could carry more guns. They were called triremes and were fully automated. They were decked out with many guns as they could carry. And the ship was named Shiva. The commandant stood up and moved out between the cadets and the window. He pressed a button and the overlay flicked on the glass. He brandished a pointer. The overlay indicated where the dead planet was relative to its star and the rest of the system. Cadet Jorak, at what point do you leave the hyperspace in the system? Jorak stiffened, adjusted his vocalizer, and answered. Galactic regulations state that you should exit hyperspace at the outer edge of the star system to avoid accidental collision with planetary bodies. You can only exit hyperspace within system if tactics dictate, and only into the largest gap between orbits. He had sounded robotic not only because of his vocalizer, but because it was one of the many regulations that had to learn by rote. The commandant nodded. He tapped the glass and had zoomed into the planet Kuta, where a dot glowed like it was a moon. That dot is where the Shiva exited hyperspace. The gathered cadets gasped as they lost their composure briefly, before remembering who was in front of them. The Commandant had turned away from the cadets in anticipation of this. If he'd seen them, he'd have been forced to discipline them, and he had been in the game too long to discipline cadets for something completely understandable. I obviously don't need to go into detail about how crazy that is, but they were really, really angry. And not only that, they launched a superluminal round as they exited hyperspace, Cadet Harmer, what do you I mean by that? Cadet Harmer's sprawl shuffled as she prepared a response. Sir, a superluminal round is when a munition is launched as a ship exits hyperspace, so that while the ship slows, the munition carries on at an extremely high speeds, causing extreme damage. It is an extremely difficult maneuver, sir, as the timing is critical. Too early, and the round won't leave hyperspace. Too late and the round will be going too slow, meaning that it'll hit the ship that it fired. The commandant nodded. Yes, the only time it has been done effectively is this time. And it was extremely effective. A super-dense, non-explosive round traveling at a significant fraction of the speed of light impacted the planet, vaporizing a large area of the planet's crust and exposing the core, spewing kilotons of material into the atmosphere. A third of the planet's surface was annihilated in one hit, and the rest would have been killed off within weeks as it stood. But that wasn't enough. The triremes launched and entered orbit immediately and started firing all their guns at the planet, spinning on the horizontal axis so that they could maintain a fire with the other set of guns while the first set cooled. The triremes had a wide angle of fire and could cover as much of the surface as they could from an equatorial orbit. They targeted the part of the planet that had not already been destroyed. As they did so, they impacted as many of the artificial satellites as they could, effectively cutting off the planet from the rest of the galaxy. This took its toll on the triremes, which is why they were not crude. They broke apart, with the largest pieces falling from orbit and the remaining debris forming a deadly cloud around the planet. But not before they had secured the remaining surface of the planet, By falling out of orbit, they caused even more damage. As they fell, boosters fired, causing each ship to hit one of the poles of the planet. The Commandant tapped the screen again, and figures appeared. The cadets stood there with their mouths open. At this point, a third of the planet was destroyed down to the core level. As this planet spins, you'll notice the crater. It has been smoothed by solar winds, but it's still there. Of the remaining surface, 80% was what we call colloquially glassed. Additionally, the gases that had been blasted into the atmosphere had been wounded the planet. It was estimated that at this point 90% of Guittarians had been wiped out. The humans, with one ship, had destroyed the planet to a level not seen since, but they weren't finished. At this point, representatives from the Alliance had arrived. They'd been monitoring the conflict in case they needed to intervene. A cataclysmic attack was deemed something that they should intervene in. As they arrived, they saw the final act of the Shiva. The Commandant paused as he tapped the screen, causing a close-up of the infographic of the Shiva to appear. On the graphic, a small section at the rear of the ship was highlighted and shown separating from the vast bulk of the ship. That small section was the crew cab. It had a single-use hyperspace launcher, life support for the crew, and not a lot else. The other 99% of the ship was now a Hulk, and with a little help from physics as the crew cab detached, it started drifting down to the planet. The Alliance observers scanned the object for explosives, and instead found it to be dangerous in a different way. It was a framework and composite into which it had been embedded radioactive materials, now known to be the sum total of all radioactive waste produced on Earth up to that point. It is still the most radioactive man-made object ever recorded. The Alliance observers were helpless. They could not approach that object as the radiation was too great. They could only do basic scans as the radiation disrupted their instruments, and so they had no idea that there was a remnant of a civilization left on the planet. Even if they had known, the debris field caused by the triremes made it all but impossible to get down to the surface and back up before the Hulk impacted. They watched as it descended. The humans had planted meticulously, so the Hulk approached the planet, the bulk of the remaining 20% of the untouched surface span underneath it. It had lost a good proportion of its bulk into the atmosphere, but had enough left to wipe out what was left of the survivable part of the planet. In the impact, Hundreds of thousands of tons of radioactive material spewed into the atmosphere and circulated in the turbulent currents caused by the attack. Not only that, the impact had managed to get through the crust and the core of the planet, effectively poisoning it with radioactive material as well. The commandant sighed. The cadets were deathly silent in awe of the destruction that had been described. He found this moment bittersweet. On the one hand he revelled in his ability to tell the story, on the other, the story itself was horrific. The planet had been totally sterilized, rendered down to the core into two places, surface turned to glass everywhere else. Atmosphere and magma poisoned with radioactive material, planet put into internal winter with dust. The changes in mass and impact on the core would cause the planet to lose its atmosphere within a decade. Apart from a few thousand who were off-planet, the Gautarian species had been wiped out entirely. In one foul swoop, humanity had won the war in the most brutal way possible. He tapped the screen. The graphics disappeared and the cadet stared at the planet with a shocked appreciation of what was put in that state. Now, you all know that humanity has been accepted as associate members of the Alliance and that this wasn't that long ago. The humans responsible for planning and carrying out the attack, including the presiding leader of their world at the time, took full responsibility for the attack and were imprisoned. They also signed an agreement that they would never carry out a similar scale attack again. These were both prerequisites for them joining the alliance. The records of the events were classified. Anyone who is interested enough to research what happened to the Gutarians would find details of natural extinction event. We I've got a special permission to show our officer cadets all the lessons we want to teach. And I must admit, it is funny feeding giving this lesson to the first human ever to attend the academy. He glanced at Jameson, who looked as shocked as the others. Cadet Carey, what lesson have you learnt? Carey clicked her mandibles in response. Sir, with proper planning, a small force can defeat a much larger force. The commandant smiled. Not often the first response, but yes, that is a lesson we would like to take away. Proper planning is crucial and effective action. Cadet Jameson? Jameson looked shocked at the he was asked. He was still struggling to comprehend this action and the past of his species. Sir, ensure that any action you take, you can deal with the consequences of it, not going as you expected. Good, the commandant replied. The Guterians were not even considered the plan not working. If they had, they might not have carried it out. As it is, who knows if they could have done anything about it. He stopped in front of the center of the cadets and turned to face them. There is a final lesson that we would like you to take from what you've learnt. Any ideas? The cadets were silent. There was one they were all thinking but didn't think it was appropriate to say it. The commandant glanced between them. It is rare anyone gets this one. It is a simple argument, all the more pertinent considering your colleague, Cadet Jameson, and the humanity becoming a larger part of the Galactic Alliance. It stems from the sheer brutality of the attack that has developed from the millennia of infighting. We have tried to flower it up, but make it more official or appropriate, but there is only one way to say it. The final lesson is, don't frick with humans. End of story.